This week on the reverse stick is the penalty corner dead. A drag flick's gone and how many turfs would you need to rip up to plant a hundred thousand trees? Greetings and welcome once again to the Reverse Dick Whistle. The Reverse Dick, the global hockey podcast. Right. My name is John Lee. His name is Matt Allen. That's correct. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Trees are the enemy of artificial hockey turfs. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Block up the gutters. Degrade and break down on the turf. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. We'll get on to that a bit later, though. F the trees is what I say. Oh. Yeah. Um, how was your hockey week? Uh, busy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's Sunday lunchtime at the moment. Played yesterday. 2 1. In your second team. In my second team. Yeah. The one, it doesn't, you know. Don't care. Just about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two, one I'm two, 2 1 down. To take over. 2 1 down. And I said to the boys afterwards, I said, well, that's disgraceful. I said, we scored less goals this week than we did last week. Yeah. Yeah. In the 12 2 defeat. Yeah. Uh, and play this afternoon, play in two and a half hours, in fact. So let's crack on. And the team you were abandoning. My real team. Yeah, that one you're going to walk away from. <laughs> Is that the one? <laughs> oh, well, good. Yeah, what about you? Did you good play? No, no, I, 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 no, I didn't play yesterday. Your boys had a win, though? They had a good win, 2 0 win, um, against a, a very good opposition. So you were the difference then? Me. From, from Not normal. playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, last time they flogged us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so. Um, it's obviously me. I think I did well to step aside, though. I and, mean, any umpire abuse on the sideline? Only once. Right. And I wasn't abusing the umpire. I was just um, informing one of my teammates that you could tackle from behind now in an axe-type action. Right. You can, okay. you can do that. Well, apparently it was yesterday. Oh, I see. Occasionally. That's one of your favourite tackles, though. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, yes, not. it is. I go sideways. No, you don't. You chase after them and you see the big swing come up over your shoulder. That's only outside the 25. And then ringing inside your ears, you hear sticks, sticks. Oh, I'll tell you what I got <laughs> yesterday, though. Although I did get a green card myself, but I claimed my 10th victim of the season. What yeah. did you get a green for? Oh, oh you deliberately kicked the no, ball was, again, didn't that's you? That's what the umpire assumed. I went to jab at the ball. Oh, I see a pattern forming. Totally missed the ball. <laughs> oh, there's a pattern forming. Actually, there is, because when did I get... Two weeks ago, three yeah, weeks it ago. Was, I did. <laughs> I just got to get my big clod hoppers out That's of the way. <laughs> and I put my best innocent face on. But I, gen- I went for the ball, missed it, and my uh, foot happened to be behind where my stick... Unlike the last time when you deliberately uh, did uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What happened then, the ball came through from a crowd of people going up to the top of the 25, and I happened to be walking towards the goal. Yeah. Right foot went forward, caught the end of my toe, and went, went back the other way. And it wasn't until the opposition started screaming and moaning about it that the umpire actually made a decision on it. Of course, of course. Always a victim. We don't, we don't, we don't appeal in hockey. It's not soccer. Yes. Oh, well, what have we got in results? There's been some test games going on, Matt. Czechoslovakia and Poland have been having a crack. Czechia. Yeah, well... Czech we, Republic. We know... Um, 1-0. Poles got up. Speaking to Jar Jar, he was over there, wasn't he? Um, yeah. For a series of games. The Poles... For the USA last week. Poland 1-0 over Czechia. Uh, Ireland... These are men's games, by the way. Ireland and Austria. They're having a crack. Um... Uh, Austria didn't have too much of a crack in the first game because they lost 7-0. <laughs> um, uh, Poland also took on the Ukraine, winning 3-2. Then the return bout between Ireland and Austria, much closer, a tighter affair. A 1-0 victory this time to the Irish. Only the last quarter before they got their goal in. It makes you wonder about, you know, are these games worth ranking points, Matt? It's obvious that in the first game, perhaps, Ireland played a different team. You would think. Yeah. For that well, disparity to exist. Yeah. You know, it just happens, and it? Sometimes you lose 12-2. Yeah. What, how just much happens. did you lose the last time you played them? I think it was 3-2. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. But I'm it's not my regular team, so I... You know, but still, how, how are coaches allowed to experiment with teams when every test has points value placed on it? Which I like the idea of it, that suddenly every, every game is important, but... 
does their willingness to experiment in these games? Of course, of course, of course, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Well, well, if if the rankings are important to you, if your funding is based on the rankings, true. Um, Ukraine played Czechia, uh, and the Czechs got away with a five-four victory. And look, a flurry of goals in the last third of that game. It was one all until well into the third quarter, and uh, then bang, 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 all those blue dots. Uh, France and Scotland in the women, they're also having a uh, crack at it. 4-1 victory to the French over the Scottish in the first game and a much tighter affair, 3-2. The winner, oh no, the second goal for the Scots coming right towards the end there. Uh, we've got the Euro Hockey Championship 2. What? 2. Uh, coming up, that's in Dublin. That's starting today, Matt. Game's getting underway. Where? Six hours from now. So, yes, six hours, six from, hours now. from now. Uh, 11 a.m. local time. Pool A is uh, the Czech Republic, officially for the FIH there. Not Czech, yeah. Ireland, Portugal and Ukraine, that's Pool A. Pool B is Italy, Scotland, Switzerland and Turkey. And all those games uh, culminating. When does that finish? On... It's finals and it's all a, sorts a of stuff. Uh, yeah, six days from now the final will be held. So good luck to all those teams. We'll go back to this tab here, Matt. Have a look at a couple of things that are upcoming. Uh, we've got... There's a Spanish tournament coming up. Yep, Four Nations. Terrassa, yeah, I think it's the 100th year <laughs> tor- uh, anniversary tournament of the Spanish Hockey Federation. England, India, the Netherlands and Spain will be playing for the men and for the women... It's not a Four Nations tournament because there's only three nations. Once again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be laughing if this wasn't the first time. It's, I think it's only hockey. It's only hockey. I don't yeah. see this shit happening anywhere else. Why not just call it a Three Nations tournament? Or try, if you wish. Try? Yeah. Try counting. England, <laughs> England, India, and Spain are playing there. Maybe they, when it, when they originally did up all the marketing, pamphleting, and all that, or did all that stationery, uh-huh. it was a four nations yeah. tournament. Someone's pulled out. Yeah, well, we, and they, we, well, we can't change the name of it. We have got the letterhead already. It's well, done. It's, we we printed didn't have the enough, flyers. They didn't have enough to pay a sixteen-year-old to sit there with a marker pen and scribble out four <laughs> and write three on everything. Okay, so good luck to those teams. Should be a good weekend of hockey there for everybody involved. And a, a lovely celebration, Matt, of the game. Good milestone. Great milestone. Uh, we've also got Euro Hockey 3 for men coming up in Poland on the 24th. So where, that's where underway tomorrow. Whereabouts in Pol- Poland is it, John? Uh, Skinawitzi. <laughs> Go on, you have a crack. Skinovich. Skinovich. Yeah, Skinovich. Okay. Skinovich. That's men getting underway there. Do we? Oh, we won't worry about it. Yeah, we'll have a look at the teams. You can drag up the women, can't you? Sky Ernie. Ernie's in the middle of it. Sky Ernie. Uh, uh, so Euro Championship 3 will be Croatia, Gibraltar, Lithuania, Malta, Poland and Serbia. Uh, I think Poland will blitz that. Oh, no, Gibraltar's not an island, is it? I was saying two islands, but I am a rock. I am an island. Good luck to all those teams. That gets underway tomorrow, as does the women's, if my computer will hurry up. Uh, Euro Championship. Oh, yes, three for women. He's being played in Zagreb in Croatia. It's Croatia, Gibraltar, Switzerland and Turkey, just the four teams involved there. And that's getting underway on the 25th. So, Monday, Tuesday, that will be happening. And we've also got other stuff coming. Mate, there's a fair bit of international hockey going on at the moment. We've got the uh, Hero Asians Champion Trophy getting underway at the beginning of August, the 3rd of August. Champion- yeah, Bom- Bomber was uh, uh, launched, released. The mascot. Oh, what's he it's called? an elephant, Bomber. B-O-M-M-A. I think it's Bomber. Boomer? No, it's Bomber. I wouldn't have thought Bomber was appropriate. <laughs> Anyway, 
<sighs> Maybe I'm just too sensitive, Matt. It's in India, not Pakistan, John. Ah. Oh. Um, Biting. Euro Hockey Championship 2 for women in Prague. That gets underway on the 30th of July with the Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia and Ukraine in Pool A and Pool B will be Austria, France, Lithuania and Wales. 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 Yeah. I was just saying the Wales, W. Yes. Well, little... European. Yeah. 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 Um, so, once again, good luck and there's a couple more things. You got any more results? No. Nothing? No. Lots okay. to talk about. Very little time to do it. Let's move on. I did what? And how blokes go last night? Ones. Yeah. Lost three one. That was streamed live by stream. Yeah, live on stream. At free at Fremantle Hospital. Worth going on back and having a listen to it. Watch off. Uh, yeah, you okay. might. You might hear me in the background. Well, that's the only reason, really. Yeah. Isn't it? It's yeah. the only reason I listen. Yeah. Watch. Do you want to give the audience a taste? No, they can go to youtube.com forward slash Fremantle Hockey Club. Catch the highlights. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. There are a few things to talk about today, aren't they? There was, there We're was, not just making this stuff up. There was some good feedback on um, Whispering John. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did get some. Yeah. 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 Um, and I assume, assume all of those that didn't get in touch, you, you loved it as well. <laughs> we'll be featuring more Whispering John yeah. later in the program. Oh, was it? Today? At the end. Right, okay. All right, let's crack on. Okay, well, maybe I could be, incorporate. I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a bar shift in 13 minutes, just so. Oh, well. I'll be late, folks. <laughs> this will be knife. Okay, where do we start, mate? Well, let's start with the penalty corner, shall we? Yes. Yes, now, so, yeah, so. Explain uh, how we, this came across. Uh, well, we, yeah, we were tagged in on a Twitter post by Michael McCartney, I think it was. Um, and it's a document on the FIH headed, um, document. Um, hockey invites FIH penalty corner rules trials July 2023 five meter out in quotation marks underneath July 2023. Now this document, it sort of looks authentic, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, yeah, absolutely it does. But you've had a sort search of. on the FIH site briefly, and you, but you couldn't find it. There's certainly not any news release. Well, it's, it's not. It. It's not. Uh, well, you'd think if they were just thinking about putting trial rules in for penalty corners, they would at least make an announcement on their newspaper. New trial for penalty corners. Well, when, seen it first and foremost, yeah. when they say trials, what do they mean? Because we have, we've had experimental rules trials. Let's, the the last the, two seasons the, and then get dumped. But the own, the own goal rule lasted a, a year. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. And that was it because everyone realised, oh, that's actually quite dangerous. And it's quite... Not right. And, and it's unnecessary, yeah. yeah. You know, but it was fun for that year, cracking the ball at the goalkeeper from outside the just team, hoping, hoping it, to get a touch. anybody's touch. Yeah. So, do these trials, are, are they are they planned to be put into the rules for a year? I mean, it's trialled globally, or is it, are there certain tournaments they're going to look to do it? Anyway, anyway do, you want, let's... do you want to read on with it? Oh, okay. Shall I put on my Whispering John voice? <laughs> no, just normally. Accent? No accent. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Simple, look, folks, just quietly, had a bit of dental work done this week. So just struggling with a little bit of pronunciation. Let's see how it goes. Simple description. The setup of the penalty corner is the same as the current rule, but the ball must travel at least five metres outside of the circle beyond the 5M dotted circle before a goal can be scored. Okay. We get that now. I, we just understand that point for a bit? Yep. Okay. So, all the attackers are on the five-yard dotted circle. And I think they're just looking for an excuse to keep the, the five-metre dotted line there. The number of defenders remain at five, all starting behind the goal line. So, nothing changes there. So you, you set up exactly like a short corner, but the attackers are on the dotted line. Yeah. Not on the edge of the circle. Yeah. The number of the attackers is at the discretion of the attacking team. As is now. Yeah. No difference. All attackers except the initial injector must start five metres outside the circle, the dotted line. Well, you've just said that. Oh, no, you haven't. The ball must travel outside the dotted line. Okay. So essentially... 
so far the rule has extended that uh, where the ball has to be stopped outside the dotted line and the players. So it's you still it's exactly the same as a penalty corner, but you're starting five so, metres. So back. The, the ball's got to travel at the moment outside the D. Now it has to now travel, it's travel outside, outside the five, five metres, and you have to start outside the five metres. Yeah, except for the injector. So it's a a further distance for the yeah. ball to be injected. When the ball is played from the baseline, all players are able to move and play as normal. Same as now. No restriction on height of shots at goal once the ball has travelled outside the five-metre dotted line and returned inside the circle. Normal rules of hockey apply regarding dangerous play. So you can't just try and roof it and hope someone swats their stick out. it. Defenders are permitted to wear additional protective equipment as per the current rules. However, this is only for the purpose of the trial. The intention is to remove the need to wear any additional protective equipment for a PC. You mean more than what they're wearing now or what they're wearing now? Well, (laughs) it's interesting because we talked about it before and before the drag flick, nobody worried about, apart from the goalkeeper wearing any headgear, a helmet or, or face protector or a mask or anything Although, like that at all. you know, the normal mouth guard, yeah. shin pads, protector yeah. sort of set up. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, just, you know, that's not to say that danger didn't exist there and maybe we should have been wearing some of that protective clothing. No, that's right. And, and, and I think now people have been given the choice. So if they're defending a short corner and they feel more comfortable with putting on some headgear regardless of whether they're likely to have a drag flick against them or not. They can. It's, they can because they feel more comfortable protecting there's, their face. There's always been that danger that, um, you know, a, a ball smashed along the ground will collect a stick on the yeah. way through. And they're, they're worse than the ones that get lifted off the stick. You see them coming. Yes. You get out of yeah, the way. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. the ones that yeah. are two metres in front of yeah, you. Yeah, that's what happened to the young lad at the club the other day with 16 stitches above the eyebrow. It's, yeah. Um. Gets more interesting. Okay, so what will this trial do? Well, it essentially removes drag flicks from the equation because you, you're, you're, when the ball's coming into the D from outside like that, you're going to have to be facing. It's going to be very difficult to get into a position to truly drag flick when the ball's coming at you as opposed to to you. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, well, it just takes the skin out of it altogether, doesn't Pretty it? Pretty much. It, Cause you, cause you still cause... see the odd person getting away with it, but they won't be given the room to be allowed. No, well, it won't be the long extension of the drag, drag flick, no, which no, gives no. the momentum and the pace. Um, and I think it'll be the death of what... I mean, why, why would you go through all the rigmarole of that and instead of having a penalty corner for infringement inside the D, just have a free hit from the five-yard line from that dotted five-yard line outside the D like yeah. a normal free hit is taken now. Because it's, Why bother going through all of that? Well, it's, it's, it's no different apart from where the ball's starting from. Yeah, and the defenders all have to be behind the baseline. Yeah. And everybody... and all, No one can be lurking in the D. But the way the rule currently works, if your player's about to take the hit and he's standing there, it's no good lurking in front of the goalkeeper because he can't hit it to you. You've got to be... You've got to be arriving there after it's gone that far. Yes, yeah. Not be there yeah. before it has. Uh, anyway. So what's the rationale? Well, the rationale. Maintain the current setup of a penalty corner, but reduce the danger by removing the direct shot and therefore no need for defenders to run towards an attacking shooting at goal. Uh, um, what? So... If, if someone's having a shot at goal, I shouldn't run towards them. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I'm t- I'm, There's no need for defenders to run towards an attack. No, just let goal. him hit the ball. Yeah, that's right, because that's even safer, particularly when you're allowed to hit it at or, any height. Or drag flick. <laughs> like give them the time, yeah, just back off. Prop. We've long... The, the, the dangerous place on a penalty corner is not two feet in front of the bloke hitting the ball... It's standing 16 feet away. <laughs> it's very hard within two feet to get a ball to go from the ground to six foot high. Yes. It's very difficult. Hitting At it. any pace. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that lacks a little bit of logic, I would have thought. 
Um, the, what, what's a direct shot? By removing the direct shot, isn't, what happens if they push it to a bloke who's standing at the top of the D and he has a direct shot? Well, that would be an indirect shot, John. Will it be a direct shot? Anyway. Any shot at goal is direct. I would have thought. <laughs> Which direction not, are you aiming? I'm, I'm, I'm directing my shot yeah. at the goal. But the idea that defenders wouldn't run towards an attacker who's having a shot at goal just because it's not a short corner. As, as if that the defenders only run at the attacker having a shot at goal on a short corner. Yeah. <laughs> what? All right, next. Okay. Changes the emphasis to using the overload of players and options rather than a straight strike at goal. More similar to normal hockey play with a significant advantage of more players available to the attacking team. Well, no. It's the same advantage as you've always had. Well, no, but you what it changed what, that. No, but what what it, what it's saying is you're restricted to your four players and a goalkeeper, five players. But you are now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's saying, isn't it? So it changes the emphasis to using the overload of players and options rather than a straight strike at goal. Well, that's it. If if teams wanted to, they could use those extra players to play the ball around, but they choose not to because it's more effective to have a strike, strike, goal. strike at goal. Um, and you could do that now. Yeah, you could. And and do you see any to, team rolling the ball around all all nine of them standing around the top of the D before putting Only it? after the whistle's gone. Yeah. When when you're allowed to push your players up and once the ball goes outside that 5-yard line, it's it's gone. open play anyway, which no, is which is what time. this is, which is what this is. No, they on after the whistle's gone. Ah, sorry, oh, at the end, right. At yeah, end yeah, of yeah, a quarter, yeah, sorry. Yeah, end, yeah. end of a quarter. Yeah, you do it then. Why do you not do it during normal play, Matt? Well, because you don't want to be exposed with an overload <laughs> at the other end. Because <laughs> if there's an overload in one part, there's definitely going to be an overload somewhere else. Yeah. And um, we, of course, every time a short corner is taken, the, the attackers get the ball and do whatever they like with it, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's defenders right. have nothing on the defenders. Don't have the opportunity to smash it up to the overloaded end of the field at the other end. Anyway, removes the need for additional protective equipment to be worn by field players, which reduces the barrier to entry of having to purchase further equipment and significantly improves the safety and the safe appearance that's of what, hockey. That's what you're worried about, is the appearance. The safe appearance. So, you know, what am I, uh, what's this come from, though, John? Why do we need to change change a short corner? Because of safety. Oh, it's because of safety. No, it's because of drag flicks. So, as we've always said, just have the same rules for drag flicks as you do for hits, hits and everyone's fine. You know what? They're actually they're, they're making them because because if because if that's if that's the reason, then as soon as you do that, then nobody has to wear any masks, nobody has to wear any knee protectors no, they or still anything like have that. To because the danger still exists. What you're encouraging is the smash into the D. Yes. Yeah. 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 And 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 the difference in the deflection is the fact that probably it won't be um, um, past the, the the spot. It'll be from the top of the D. So you're yeah. still going to have you're going to have a hard hit. You're going to get guys that are, and girls that are hitting the top of the D hard. Just flat, the stick, flat sticks yeah. go down, and up we go. Yeah, I, but it's okay because we won't need any additional protective equipment, and the, the sport will appear a lot safer. Yeah. Why, why, what's this? Uh, it, we don't play with Nerf balls and slinky sticks, Matt. I mean, let's get, get our heads around the safety factor. There is a level of danger to the sport, and there is a level of danger to every sport. Now, I, yes, we should try and minimise it and all that sort of stuff, but you, know, you can't make everything like play school. I've seen some incredible interpretations of the overhead rule oh. in the past two or three weeks. Yeah. And whenever there's two players next to each other with a ball in the air and two sticks going in, into the sky, there's serious danger there. Yeah, there is. And the thing is, okay... Oh, but, but, we don't, rule... but we don't wear any additional protective equipment to deal with that, do we? No. And they will, the, you know, people will say, oh, well... You know, there's a rule that like you can't do that. And you, but the point is, by the time that 
that gets blown, that the danger's already occurred. And it's another thing. When you thing. see that happen, it's too late to blow it for an infringement to stop the danger. So that's what I'm saying. Sure, blow the infringement. But the idea should be that we don't encourage people to doing the dangerous actions to start with. I'm, Which I'm, comes back to the drag flick rule. Yeah. Well, I'm sick and tired of this. I've line, seen three done. or four times this season goalkeepers get carded or corners or strokes against them for doing what goalkeepers should do. Kick strikers into the air. <laughs> Got the ball first, that's fine. Bang, up you go. Get out of my way. One, okay. of, the few, one of the few pleasures of playing in goal. One, one more rationale. At international level, the time permitted for the teams to set up once a PC is awarded can be reduced from 40 seconds to 20 seconds. No, so- Circa okay. 20, 20 about, well, about you know, maybe 22. 18, maybe 22. It's about 23 metres. Speeding up. 22.9. <laughs> you know, it's about... Yeah, maybe 19.8 seconds, yeah. that's what they mean. Uh, speeding up the game and reducing delays. Yeah. That extra 20 seconds is going gonna, is gonna to do uh, a lot for how, you. How does that setup change it from being 40 seconds to 20 seconds? Just give us back our thirty-five minute halves. What, why, why does that set up? On. Why does that set up allow defenders to set up quicker because they don't have to put their protective gear on? That's right. What happens? Why can't so you're you're telling players now so, you don't have the time to put protective well, no, no, equipment no, no. on? Will be, no, they're going to say there's a ban on protective equipment because you're taking too long. If you choose to wear protective equipment, surely you should be given time to put it on. I mean, you'd think. When we move to 15-minute quarters, so we can package it better for TV, (laughs) allegedly, that you'd embrace those delays of people getting gear on because there's an opportunity to run an ad outside of the the, uh, the, the end of the quarters. Yeah. Crazy Tony's gutter service. (laughs) (laughs) Back as rugs and plugs of distinction. That's it. Gubber's rifles. Gubber's rifles. Uh, considerations to test during the trial. Number of defending players. Does fire defenders give the right level of overload to give the attacking team a good chance of circa 25% of scoring? That's what they're looking for. They're looking at for a, This could that, be wanting? increased or decreased to achieve the desired scoring chances. Yeah, take all the defenders out, just have the goalkeeper. Where's the logic in this? It, we have five defenders behind the line now. We have... The opposition, the, the attackers allowed to put their 11, 10 of their players anywhere outside of the D they currently choose to, but which is the same model you're proposing. It doesn't say anywhere in here that, that there's a rationale that they need to be scoring more goals or less goals or there is a disadvantage for, for one party or another in a game. Uh, and is the FIH saying that a good chance... A twenty. How do you how do you measure what is a twenty five percent of scoring? Well, you watch, it, watch, watch, watch lots of games. Watch lots of games and capture lots of data. Isn't isn't every penalty corner a good chance of scoring? Yes, everyone is a good right. chance of scoring. That's right. There's a so re- there's looking, a reason you've won it. They're looking. Uh, is that they're looking for teams to score off twenty five percent of their corners? So yeah, one in four. One in four. Yeah. You think so? Is that the level it's at now? Don't think so. No. Do you reckon this this option will? will what is the um, scoring ratio of free hits taken well, from? Do, do we have that data? Have they? I mean, uh, that should be pretty easy to gather. Yeah, free hits taken from the five metre dotted line, which is the essential equivalent. Well, it is, but you don't have a player planted inside the D, do you? As an attack no, inside. No, but you don't have the injection of the ball coming out either. So players have time to make their way into the D and attackers have their time, way to make time to get yeah, out. Yeah. It'll be slightly different, but yeah. I think, okay. I, think what, I think what we saw when drag flicks first came onto the scene, a much higher ratio of goals being scored. Defenders have worked it out. They found that running a direct line at the at the straight the, at the flicker is giving them a good opportunity to or a better opportunity to stop the and, goal. And their risk to injury is 
around about mid thigh down which, instead of about mid thigh up. Yes, well, <laughs> yeah, but now people wear leg protection, yeah. extra feet protection, extra gloves to combat that. So it's not a great look, and yes, it is. You know, t- time consuming. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, Safety wise, it's you know to have yeah. to put that gear on to. There's a pretty high chance that you're going to get whacked with the ball. So, again, that's the same if you're hitting the ball as it is as you're drag flicking the ball. So, we just temper the drag flick down to it's got to be backboard height. There we go. Now, one more point here. Statistics to capture. Number of penalty corners. Well, I thought what we had... We well, we've got data already, haven't we? Because there must yeah. have... Uh, number and types of injuries occurred during a PC. Well, that should all be there as well. They, they, they should have extensive, through the international games, there should be extensive statistics on that captured by the tech officials at games. And I would have thought you could just play the games back, couldn't you? And sit there. That's right. Get Billy from accounts to sit in the basement and watch them all. Yep. Um, conversion rate, re-awards, goals and penalty strokes. Um, you know, it's a bit like the, when they took away the um, uh, the offside rule, which yeah. I thought was a good idea. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it, when it came in, I thought, great. And you know what? For a little while there, there was a bit more scoring. But it evened out. Yeah. In the end, defenders worked it out, attackers. And I don't think that there's more scoring now in hockey than there was back then because we don't have the the offside rule now. I think it's if, if, if we brought it back in, it would work its way back the other way and we'd still get, teams would still get flogged 20-0. Yeah, but two two even sides. Could be a draw, could be yeah. a 5-0 one day to one, could be 3-3. Yeah. Three, three. Any combination yeah. on any given day, the makeup of your squad. Regardless the, of whether we have the offside rule or not. Yeah. Because people have worked it out. But it's a good rule to get rid of. It was, an, it was a bit of a burden on umpires. It, it didn't really serve a purpose. But I, it didn't intrinsically change the game as such. Look, stop the, stop the goal hangers. Yeah. And, you know, it stopped a lot of arguments too, I would imagine. Not arguments, but, you know, a lot of... Well, it's hard, hard for umpires to, to stay on the line, you know, for, for uh, well, offsides. You're supposed to be, generally, you're the controlling umpire when, when an offside happens, as, as in... You know how the way the off umpires stand on one side? You mean side? instead of... Yes, yeah, 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 so yeah. If an offside's going to occur, that means plays in your half, so to speak. Yes, yeah. And so it makes it difficult to watch that and yeah. to umpire. Anyway, so it was a good rule change. But, and I don't think this change will effectively make scoring any easier or any harder than it already is. No, no. So is it a safety thing? Well, clearly not, because so, there's no. You... But they want. But they will. They will end up banning additional equipment. The only person who'll be able to wear a, a, a face protector. They can't, mate. Because that wouldn't. Uh, they think by taking away protect, uh, people physically, visually being seen with protective equipment on, is going to mean people will think the game is safe. No, people don't think. People outside the game think hockey's not safe because you walk around with a stick <laughs> and hit hard balls at people. That's why people think, because it, it's a stick. Let's make slinky sticks, Matt. That will make the game safe. I mean, the, the very basis of our game is dangerous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a football. You don't just kick a football around and think we're some kind of magician. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see, John, what, what happens and where this, these trials take place. So is it in international hockey? Is it on your local park? Maybe we should play a game this afternoon and um, play under this, under this. So how about we get rid of I the... think it's completely unnecessary and there's only one rule they need to change and we know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't... The idea that they want players to take protective clothing off that the player chooses to wear mm-hmm. is a little bit scary, I would have thought. I don't wear a lot of protective equipment myself, but I had oh, shin pads and a protector. But I would always encourage people, if you feel that way, mate, wear it, do it. Don't don't hold back. Yeah, yeah. 
and all kiddies should wear it, especially. Make them wear mouth guards till they're 17. We were made to wear mouth guards as kids. Yeah, they, they, the they still have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good work. Okay, done that one. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, you can follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the Reverse Stick. I did do a, a tweet last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, well yeah, still active on that. Um, yeah, we're going to rattle through these last few bits then, John, of course. What have you got? With, uh, I just, oh, New Zealand pulling out of the um, the Pro League for women. Obviously, the yeah. men, men have been relegated anyway. Um, they've decided that they can't afford, afford to do it. Um, and Could they have something to do with funding? Well, um, interestingly, well, maybe in New Zealand, because the men weren't going to be in the Pro League. Um, the schedules have been released for... Season five of the no league, still no sponsor, John. You think you'd have? It's uh, a family sport, yeah, Matt. No, it's a family sport. But in, interesting quote from um, David Pryles, the CEO of Hockey Australia. Um, the recently completed Pro League season proved how valuable the tournament is for our teams and athletes in testing and challenging themselves against the other best hockey nations. For the Hockey Roos and Kookaburras to each have sixteen quality international matches. In the first half of next year, it's going to be highly beneficial. With the cost and financial requirements on national federations to host FIH Pro League mini mini tournaments, Hockey Australia is not in a financial position to host in season five. However, they were that's this me. However, now um, they will travel to Babanaswa, Rokella, um, Antwerp, Lee Valley uh, for their. Four uh, mini just, tournaments. Hang on a sec. What he said the financial requirements, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. So that's it. You know, what are you gonna? We don't know because not all of this stuff is like secret squirrels, which is really, really irritating because you are our servants, we're not yours. Um, maybe one of the financial requirements of a host nation is to put the other nations up. Maybe Australia has actually made a a, a smart choice. Well, tell you what, we'll get them to pay for it. <laughs> instead of instead of uh, uh, other countries coming here and Hockey Australia having to fork out for their accommodation and X, Y and Z and whatever other things they might have to Australia's going no we're not doing that um, we can it'll cost us less to travel but have them put up oh, yeah I don't like, <laughs> I don't know possibly, what the deals I doubt, are I doubt, you know? but you know it's, it's the, certainly the decision is it's cheaper to fly to Europe um, and, and India um, uh, four to six times, whatever it is, for the mini tournaments um, than it is to put on some games and get some crowds. I mean, we'd, we'd get four or 5,000 down for the right time of the day here in Perth. Yep. At yeah, we would. 20 to 40 bucks a pop. There's money to be made there. But obviously not enough. No. Uh, anyway, December the 5th or 6th kicks off this year. So how much interest do you think there will be in Australia for the Pro League next year? Very, very <laughs> About as much as this year. Uh, kicks that off in Ar- Argentina's mini tournament. It features Argentina, Great Britain and the Netherlands. Um, yeah, 6th of December. How, how long, 6th of December, when does it finish? Um, well, the last Australian game is Wednesday the 12th of June. Okay, they're playing finals this year, another uh, round? No, no I, th- I would think that's probably it, Robin. isn't it? No, straight up mini tournaments. Yeah. Wish I'd never said it. Well, it's actually worked to the detriment of a teams like Australia. It's worked against, the, it's, it's detrimental to teams that use it as an experiment because there's world rankings involved and blah, blah. And we've seen what it's done to Australia. Notoriously, Australia experiments between Olympic cycles and all the rest of it. And teams running out in that two-year period between Olympics are vastly different than what the team is that will run out at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's... Yeah, I've got that. Oh, Commonwealth Games as well. Could be the... What the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, what Commonwealth Games with Victoria who were looking to host it across regional areas and we were going to see... Uh, oh, they used to be the sporting uh, capital of the world, didn't they? Matt? Well, they didn't. Until, well, that's what they thought. Until a week ago. 
And uh, they said, oh, no, the cost blowouts are now to six or seven billion from yeah. above from the initial 2.6 billion um, that was going to revitalise the sporting landscape across rural Victoria. Um, I mean, is, this, is this the end of the Commonwealth Games? I know to a lot of people there, there's, there's, no, there's no relevance um, anymore. Wait a sec. I read an article no. the other day. It's, only, it's basically GB and Australia are the only two places that are really going to keep it going is for, um, for hosts and to either have the infrastructure there already or to be prepared to put the money in to build well, obviously, new infrastructure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a you know, I know that there'll be a lot of Europeans who go, well, what does it mean? It means nothing. Well, you know, to a lot of people, the European Championships mean nothing either, mate. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it, it, it gives athletes from a lot of different places that don't get a lot of access to international competition yeah. the opportunity to compete internationally. Get stuffed if you hate the Commonwealth Games. You, you hate any well, you, sort of well, games well, you if never, you hate the Commonwealth But you're games. never going to see Australia against... Ghana in any other way, certainly not with the exclusivity of how the FIH runs its competitions. No. Um, uh, so I, I like the idea of the Commonwealth Games going ahead, but you know, there's a lot of pressure on multi-sport events. It, it, you know, the nature of the infrastructure and, and the, the housing, they're, they're killers budget-wise, aren't yeah. they? I mean, yeah. it's not like a World Cup. We've got the Women's World Cup here. They'll just fly around, stay in hotels, different venues, the football fields. There's not a lot you really need to set no. up. No, for, um But for a multi-sport event of international level, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And everybody's got to stay somewhere. You're talking thousands and thousands. Yeah. You can't just put them in hotels. Yeah. Um, anyway, sad to see it. I don't, I, I'm not sure it'll survive. And, you know, I'd like it to. But anyway. Where's Dr. Battery when you need him? He'd get it working, wouldn't he? Yeah, of course he would. Oh, well down Melbourne, by the way. I know a lot of Victorian people are real pissed at their premier. Because <laughs> Melbourne has a very strong, proud heritage, sporting heritage. Melbourne is, of course, the capital city of yeah, the yeah. state of Victoria. Once described uh, by Mark Twain as um, the Paris of the South. Right. And Melbourne, Melbournians will, will, will tell you that. They're quite happy to tell you that. What they won't tell you is Mark Twain was a satirist. But anyway, um, let's get to this, Matt. I mean, it's a great headline on the FI site. Hockey giving back to Forrest. What? Andrew Forrest? <laughs> they give him a job or something? Well, he's about, he's about hydrogen. Is he? Yeah. Very rich man, Andrew yeah, Forrest. Um, well, 21st of July. So this was Friday. This was released. Um, once again. Lovely photo. It's, um, Tyab. No byline. In a, in a new, well, he's wearing a tie for a start. He's, he's, he's very keen for the open neck collar. Plain tie it, though. It, it, it is a dark blue. Oh no, it's got a bit of a pattern on it, I think. It's got a pattern on it. Nice. And overlooking him, holding his hands together close to his crotch is, uh, <laughs> is Thomas Bark, the uh, top dude at the um, Olympic thing. Is that, is that right? Is that his job What title? did we call him? Zorro. 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 Yeah. Was he fencing or was he, was he Popeye? Was he sailing. Sailing. Fencing. I don't know. Don't know. Um, okay. So this article. Oh, this is a ripper. As part of the Empowerment and Engagement Strategy announced by the International Hockey Federation and its President, Tyab Ikram, in attendance of the IOC President, Thomas Bark, at the Olympic House on the 6th of June. Yeah, I read that as it's written. <laughs> FIH reiterated its firm commitment for sustainability. As a first milestone in this area... FIH is proud to announce the launch of a global and ambitious program called Give Back the Forest, consisting in planting thousands of trees all around the world. What a groundbreaking idea. Fantastic, isn't it? Mm. I'm pretty sure Jana Muller-Veland had no, a similar Matt, thing. Matt, 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 this is Tyab doing something I groundbreaking. that was called Hockey Forest, wasn't it? Don't, Matt, don't spoil Tyab's party. They wouldn't have nicked an idea off somebody else, though, would they? No. no. Never. 
The initial concept of the program is that, since hockey was played with wooden sticks during decades, the hockey community should compensate for the trees cut down for the production of these sticks by planting new trees. So, in 35 years' time, we'll be able to make hockey sticks out of wood, wood again. again. Yeah. When all the carbon fibres run out, there's no more Kevlar. And yet, well, the plastics a, industry has been shut down. Yeah, no that. plastics. No plastics. What, do we, what will we play on, John? Wait for that. Waterless or not? Wait. Wait for that. A first project will be launched in India with the government of Tamil Nadu state committing to planting over 100,000 trees. Wait a sec. Is the FIH doing this? Or is, or is the government of Tamil Nadu doing it and you're just signing your name on the bit of paper? We need a reason to plant these trees. I wonder if there's any international sporting federations that would like to partner. How much is hockey paying for this? Are we paying for the trees? I don't know. Read, read on. As part of its engagement for a more sustainable sport and society... FIH recently joined the UN Framework Convention for Climate Change, the UNFCCC, Sports for Climate Action Framework. SCAF. IOC President Thomas Bach said, the International Hockey Federation's Give Back to Forest (laughs) Program is a really impressive way for the Federation to make a contribution to fighting climate change which relates directly to the sport. I How? Also... How? It doesn't. It doesn't because we don't play with wooden sticks. No, we well, used to. The kiddies do. Remember... The kiddies do still. Re- to be fair, it's... remember this is this is all about blame, Matt. It's our fault. Climate change is hockey's fault. Yeah. All those all those hockey sticks that we built mm-hmm. made. We the world could be getting colder if we hadn't. Well, if. Yeah, if Montreal never happened. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> okay, where did we get to? Bargain? It's always about finding solutions for decisions that we've made. <sighs> Not just us personally, but <laughs> the hockey as, as a whole. We did this. Oh, well, we, we needed a solution for this because of this. Oh, we, we but did yeah, this, but you, and now we need to fix that. it. Oh, well, that was uh, uh, former administration. I also applaud the FIH for signing up to the United Nations Sports for Climate Action Framework and urge others to follow their lead. Together, sport can make a positive contribution to address the challenges of climate change which affect us all. President Taya Vikram, President, or FIH President, Taya Vikram said, Contributing to a better planet and especially protecting the environment is a fundamental part of the empowerment and engagement strategy. Give back to forest directly results from that vision. I hope we can get some give back to forest t-shirts from the shop. Uh, made from sustainable orga- organic cotton. I would like to wholeheartedly thank the government of Tamil Nadu for their massive contribution and invite all hockey members around the world to contribute to this program too. Together, we can make a difference. Everybody plant a tree. No, everybody plant, send them, a, We need to send them I'll a tree. I'll send trees in. Send trees in. Right. To where? To the FIH? A Tamil Nadu, I assume. No, let's send them to Lausanne. <laughs> right. Here's a challenge, listeners. <laughs> everybody send a tree to the FIH head office. Yeah, Does not have to be a big one? No. Preferably a alive? Yeah. yeah. Hey, flowers. <laughs> Actually, I know a place you can get a deal. Yeah? yeah. Oh, that could work. Yeah. Um, give back to forest directly results from that vision. I would like to hold... Oh, we read that too, didn't we? Yes. Uh, together, we can make a difference. Yeah, together, yeah. On behalf of FIH, and in my personal name, I'd like to express our deep gratitude to IOC President Thomas Bach for his support to this project. Uh, the FIH President added, I... I've, so if we brokered a deal... With, with Tamil, Tamil Nadu to, to make the IOC, IOC look good. Are the IOC now claiming this is something to do with their, one of their initiatives? Well, what's Tamil Nadu's massive contribution? What's baseball bloody well doing at the moment? I don't know. Where are they going to plant the 100,000 trees? In Tamil Nadu State. What, are they going to knock down an old coal-fired power no, station? They've probably, they probably got some run-down hockey stadiums that had one international tournament <laughs> in them 25 years ago. <laughs> 
Maybe maybe they'll use up um, arable agricultural land. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You don't, don't think they'll be ripping up any car parts? Well, it doesn't say what kind of trees they are either, does it? Hockey stick making trees. Sandalwood? Oh. Would they be. No, they're, they're, if we're. Lemon got, trees? Olives? What do you, what trees do you make hockey sticks out of? Mulberry? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. But they'd have to plant them, because that's the whole reason for doing this, isn't it? So we'd have to plant the trees. Well, no, it's not saying you have sticks. to, you don't, you don't have to repopulate the exact species that you decimated by we, making the well, sticks in should. the first place. Isn't that the whole point? Isn't, we, we've ruined the biodiversity by cutting down all of the same species. We should plant all of the same species Well, back. well yeah, okay, yeah. But, okay, so are these trees going where they used to be? Are these, have these been logged? Hey. So it, maybe this is where yeah. the new trees are going in, into well, was that now arable deforested. Or yeah. is it a hockey stadium that hasn't been used for 25 years? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. Because you know, you know why tree planting is good, Matt. Why is that? No, trees are the enemy of the hockey turf, John. No, no, but you know why trees are good for the environment. Why is that? Well, because they they can do this thing called photosynthesis. Oh, right. You know how they're green leaves. Mm. Well, they're green because they've got like chlorophyll in. Yeah. And then is it chlorophyll? Yeah, I think so. Not chloroform. I know that. <laughs> and 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 they do this thing called the photosynthesis. Right. And and they get like the carbon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what, the carbon from hockey sticks? No, the carbon no. from the skies. Ah, right. Which could be the carbon from hockey sticks after they've done, you know, after 25,000 years and they've degraded into the little particles. Do they burn? Can you burn hockey sticks? Hockey sticks? I'm sure you can if you put enough petrol on Um Don't do that so at home. They do this thing called photosynthesis and take the, the little carbons and they turn them into little oxygens and pump it out in the atmosphere. Matt, you know why grass is green? Because you paint it? Because it's got chlorophyll in it, Matt. Right. You know what chlorophyll does, Matt? What's that? Are you not just repeating it, stuff here? It does this thing called photosynthesis. Right. And it takes a little bit of carbons and turns into little bits of oxygen. Uh-huh. It's a fantastic we, and it, process. And then we breathe them? Grass does that. Yeah. Grass. Just saying, maybe if hockey wanted to make a real contribution, instead of building giant carbon-eating concrete monolith with plastic playing surfaces, we could just put down a photosynthesizing turf, which would put oxygen into the atmosphere and take out the carbon. Do you mean lay grass on where hockey turfs now are? Yes. Yes. Think of the water uses, though, John. What? Well, you've got to put a lot of water on grass to make it grow. You don't have to. Some places you do. Have a look. You've got to put a lot of water on turf, mate. That's fascinating. There's a lot of water goes into concrete. As fascinating as this show has been, John, it's two minutes to one, and I'm I'm late for my bar shift, so it's time to say goodbye to our dear listeners. Hope you have a wonderful hockey week, whatever you're up to. We'll we'll certainly try to. Back in action next week. Yeah, back in action in an hour and a half. This is episode 296. I'm getting up and I'm walking out. Milestone Um, approaching. You can feel free at the end if you want to do your bit of whispering, John, but um, I won't be here. No, I won't. I'll save no. it for you. I no. know how much you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the jingle. Good maybe luck this get, afternoon. Maybe I'll get a chance. Yeah, well, I'm uh, looking for number 11. First versus second. Yeah, well, yeah. if I take the field, I'm a little bit, oh, bit, bit sore from yesterday. Yeah, of course. Well, this is the second time now, isn't it? You're trying to make your way out of this trade. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll uh, see you see next ya. time. Take Bye. care, everyone.